everyone, and welcome to Timeline Scavengers, the podcast specifically designed to last forever. I'm James Anderson, one of your hosts. And I'm Colin Parker, your other host. On this show, we're going through the MCU in historical order, scene by scene, until the end of time. James, this is our first recording session of 2022. That's right, Colin. 2022, the year... 2022 so <laughs> the year of our lord uh let's let's pick us hey you know what we should do a thing where i, I don't know if you were ever uh, a part of this part of the internet but there was a point in time where people would say in the year of our lord luigi like the mario brother right uh, yeah um i feel like maybe every year we should say in the year of and then mm-hmm. kind of like a zodiac type thing uh not zodiac the Chinese Zodiac. That's that's is what that, it is. That's still Zodiac. Yeah, yeah. That's what I thought. Okay. Yeah, yeah. We should pick a different superhero every year that we say this is the year of this person. So should it reflect what we expect to see in the year, or should it just be completely random, or that's or, a good or not point. reflect what we see in the year, but some other reason why we pick it? I mean, we could listen. This is me talking about it now. We don't have to pick right now. Maybe we can workshop mm. it a little bit. Maybe we mm. just put every Marvel hero uh, and villain into an rng and then we use that okay i feel like that we could do that that fits your mo you like rngs i listen i do like rngs they call me R. they they call me the rngesus but i asked them not to <laughs> see i thought you were gonna go for like an rng man like iron mm. man kind of thing mm-hmm. you know well i started off going to do uh, an rn well, now they've messed up again. Those boys, they've gotten themselves off on a tangent. Yeah, okay. Yeah, maybe that's the case. All right, let's get I was back gonna, on track. I was going to say RNG RN James, but then I went RN Jesus. All right. RN so, James is very good, though. Thank you. RN James the Greater. Um, two Jameses in the Bible, only one Jesus, just saying. All right. So <laughs> uh, we're talking about Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Season 7, Episode 2, uh, which we have... Uh, just started. I believe this is the second scene that we're seeing from this. Um, you're going to start it. This is the shortest clip that we're going to be talking about uh, for a while, Colin. I yeah. went through. We are in the section of multiple minutes, the MMS, as we call it. Yeah. Um, oh, I've, I've noticed. Uh, we'll, we'll come back to that on another episode, <laughs> no, I think. Right. Don't worry. And so this one, I expect to be kind of a short one. We'll see. Okay. It's already not looking great, but you're going to do, uh, you're going to start at minute three. You're going to start at 326, and you're going to end it at 358. So that's 22 seconds. Uh-oh. 32 seconds. That's 32 seconds, and here's what happens. <laughs> that was another 60-year comment, basically. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> James and math. I was like, 22. Looks right. Check it. Nope. All right. So Hey, 20. You know what it is? It's because we mentioned it's the it's the first recording of 22. Exactly. So that was just exactly. on your brain. You that know what? It, it yep. wasn't bad math. It just it was, it was on the mind. Like this year, if it's not a two or a zero, I'm not even really sure what we're gonna, what we're doing here. Um, <laughs> all right, so on board Zephyr One, Melinda May wakes up, and the first thing she does is check her wound, which, much to her surprise, is all healed. Whoa! One of my favorite things that we have on this show is someone remembering something that is from the future that we aren't going to get to for a long time. Mm-hmm. That's something that happens here. Um, Melinda May is our is our avatar for that. She we get a sort of a flashback of the moments right before she 
lost consciousness and we see her i have my note says visions from season six that we're not going to get to for a while parentheses may with a sword exclamation point um and then she wakes up and she checks out her her stomach where she received a sword wound i believe probably um and that's it it's it's all healed up and uh i have but one question uh i only came up with one question because it's not a lot and most of this, much of this clip was flashback. But here's my question. Okay. I did search the credits. I didn't see any credit that would indicate one way or the other. Well, I didn't see any credit, so it would indicate probably one way. I was wondering if you think that was Ming, Ming-Na Wen's stomach or a stunt tummy. <laughs> <laughs> I've never considered that. I do think it's her stomach. And this is going to say, okay, how do I say this without sounding fucking unhinged? Um, so <laughs> I, I think that she's definitely pretty well-toned. Uh-huh. Um, I mean, like, she posted something on, I think it was Twitter. It might have been Instagram, like, maybe about a month ago mm-hmm. about basically like quote unquote like getting back in shape for a new gig um right. for like a new job drinking and, boba tea uh and uh well we'll come to that in a second actually so mm. hold on to that thought so right, i wonder right. i was kind of like man i wonder what that's for and i'm just kind of hoping maybe it's like returning to marvel um but there's no guarantee uh and i'm you know i've been kind of wondering but like i remember seeing that and being like damn like Still got it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I feel sure. like that was honestly only about a year and a half ago. Mm-hmm. So that That's probably boring. is just true form tummy and not uh, CGI tum or, right. or you know, uh, body composite or like uh, bring in the stunt tummy, as you said. And right. it's really just like a teenage dude. You know, yeah, and then they're like, and then he's like, "Can I go back to history class now?" And they're like, "Yeah, good job." Um, Colin, yeah. I just want to say that the improv where I was going to pick a name for this teenager with uh, the uh, Melinda May's belly, I was going to say, "Where's Colin?" And it wasn't because your name is Colin; it was because the picture. The I think I was thinking of Colin Creevy from Harry from Harry Potter, who is sort of a minuscule sort sure, of yeah. like, oh, G. Willikers sort of. Uh, <laughs> oh, G. Person, yeah, mm-hmm. but. Uh, I didn't say that because that would be uh, that'd be silly to to bring the name Colin when there are so many different names. Okay, this is a very quick side note. I don't remember who it is in my life, but there is someone that was a former teacher of mine whose nephew is the actor who played Colin Creevy, and that was how they always <laughs> remembered my name was that they were like my nephew played Colin Creevy. And so, like, I'll never forget your name now. And I was like, cool, thanks, I guess. Like, it was like a very random, like, tidbit. But I was also like, but your nephew's name is not Colin. So, like, you have to jump through so many hoops to remember my name is Colin, as opposed to just remembering it. But sure, okay. Colin. Yeah. That was incredibly appropriate to this specific episode of the Timeline Scavengers. Was it? I what guess an amazing just, pull. Yeah, so, I mean, I <laughs> guess, life. I guess, just especially because we we're talking about like high school and stuff like that, where like high school kids were I don't right. Know. Yeah. Well, I brought up Colin Creevy, and you're like, "Oh, Colin Creevy, did you say?" Well, here we go. Here's how Welcome I'm related to my to him. bio. This is my 
six degrees to Colin Creevy. One, it was me and my teacher. Um, no. So, uh, speaking of like degrees and stuff like that, you mm-hmm. had just mentioned uh, as a joke Boba T, meaning Boba Fett. Um, right. But actually, that was a note that I had for this episode. That it's very fascinating how this works out at the time of recording. Which, by the way, this is Tuesday, January fourth. Um, yes. In uh, a couple hours, there's going to be a new episode of Boba Fett. But as it stands right now, there is only one episode out. In that episode, Ming-Na Wen is in that episode, and she is around as Boba Fett is also in a healing tank, a Bakta tank, by the way, in Star Wars, Mm, which has a lot of kind of similarities to the type of tank that she was in in this episode uh, of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., but also that episode dealt with having flashbacks to things that sort of like led to this event and everything like that, which is very fascinating that this is That's all sort so of amazing. like happening within like the same week of each other. Um, yeah. And so it's just, I thought that was very interesting when I knew that we were going to record that clip. I was like, wow, that's wild because I feel like I just watched Migna when act in that scene and then also have to watch another person act that exact same scene. Yeah. Uh, like within a year uh, within a year's time um so that must be like a weird like out of body type moment of like oh it's weird i was just in that exact same prop uh that's crazy um hey let me give you some pointers on waking up from a horrible flashback um what you want to do is no win no let him get there on his own step number one work up a real sweat by the way like just like I'll, i'll tell you that that's that's the first thing that you need to do. If you're going to have a nightmare and you wake up and there's no sweat, was it really a nightmare? Exactly, yeah. Or are um, you faking it? Yeah, yeah hmm? exactly. Get back in the tank. <laughs> Fortunately, in a back-to-tank, you don't have to uh, work up a sweat because that's you true. are... You're just like submerged in, in water liquid. anyway, yeah. What fun, What's funny sweat story? and what is bakta, you know? Exactly. It uh, In Empire Strikes Back, they didn't show this scene, but that was actually an empty tube... And Luke was just real sweaty. It was just a lot of sweat that it was, was just filling the whole all thing. All sweat and it was yeah, forced <laughs> sweat, so it was healing him. Oh yeah. Okay. Um, That's better than what I said. Yeah, also <laughs> really glad that we moved past the ability that you need oh, to no, be no, no, in no, a no. Wait, diaper. Wait, 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 wait. What did you say? What I said in piss. Ah, gotcha. Gotcha. So okay, I was good. like, no, I probably shouldn't make that joke. No, <laughs> I, I know this is not a Star Wars podcast, but I will say it was nice to see that we could get to the point where you can be in a Bakta tank and not be in a fucking diaper, you know? Right. Yeah. That's that's yeah, that's exactly. some progress. It's only like For one the environment. Uh literally it is about like seven or eight years, I believe, um, in like movie time, like or in timeline time yeah. between those two things. So in just a decade, even during war, they made some pretty big technological advances. Here's the thing. Luke didn't have to be in that diaper. He insisted. He just he insisted. He said, "What if I shit myself in the doctor bed?" No, I'm kidding. I'm sorry. I can't keep uh, making Han's jokes like, about hey, this. Luke, hey, kid. Hey, kid. Dare to wear a diaper? <laughs> you know. You know. Chewy. Do you dare 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 to wear a diaper? Han, Han you. said, "You have to wear this diaper to get in." And yeah. Luke was like, "Really? Can't I just wear one?" I was like, "No, you got to put the diaper on, kid." Sorry, you got to put the diaper on, kid. Right. <laughs> And he's like, uh, okay, you know, so then he, he puts it on, then he goes in and he's like, Chewie, you're not going to believe this. <laughs> Convince that Skywalker dork to put on a fucking diaper. He's <laughs> like, what do you mean that's mean? It's like, Lail never oh. kiss him now. Yeah. Like, hey, wait a minute. Damn it. <laughs> okay. I'll All cut right. this. But I will say the funniest acting to me to this day is when 
he the two of them have that conversation. He's like, oh, you love him. Okay, I get it. I'll fuck off, basically. And then she's like, no, no, it's not like that. And then she's like, he's my brother. And then she kisses him, and he's halfway through the kiss. He suddenly, like, opens his eyes like, wait, hold the fuck up. Like, that is one of the funniest acting choices I have ever seen in my life, and I love it to this day. Harrison Ford knows how to interrupt a kiss with comedy, and he does it. Indiana Jones, I'm pretty sure every single one of those movies has a, like, I'm kissing. Wait a minute. Oh, I'm back to kissing. Like. I know definitely in the first one. I can't remember. I've not seen the second one. Definitely the third one. When 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 they're making out in Venice and he's like, oh, I love Venice. And then she, like, pulls him back down. You're right. I forgot about that. You're right. (laughs) Oh, it's good. Um, Also, my favorite acting in Empire Strikes Back is when, uh, is when, she kisses him and then leaves and Han's like looking flabbergasted and Luke puts on this shit eating grin and, and puts his this, hands behind his yeah, head. And that's exactly what I was thinking when he's like, <laughs> yeah, take that old honey boy. You know, Luke's always an asshole, but sometimes, but in that instance, he's just the right flavor of that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Not a thought you want to finish, huh? Yeah, Luke's yeah. always a jerk, but in that, in that particular situation, the, the comedy of how he's being a jerk is just perfect. There you go. Stupid brain, I'll kill you with soda. All right. Um, I That is all I had for the uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. content. Uh, same here. So back to Star Wars. No, I'm kidding. So, yeah. Uh, <laughs> That's good. Um, wait, wait. My kids were like, hey, we were watching uh, Spider-Man. And mm-hmm. I was like, Dad, why do all these movies have, like, the same, like, music? Like, like this and Star Wars and Harry Potter. And I was like, wait a minute. Yeah, Harry Potter and Star Wars are the same guy, so that's why that. But <laughs> fun fact: Jane, uh, John, I almost said James Williams. John, uh, Will- John Williams uh, was actually only on for the first three films. Um, okay, but the thing is, is that the reason to, to to answer their question is because there are a lot of themes that repeat throughout things sure. because they. Especially when they cross over, you hear those same people's themes because it's that thing of like, yeah. hey, in case you weren't aware, Spider-Man's here. So, you know, you had that bump, 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 yeah. bump, you know, like kind of moment to like yeah. let you know if you weren't sure before Peter Parker has arrived, you know? Yeah. Um, Peter and the Wolf, more like Peter Parker and the Wolverine. It's, it's a real interesting thing, too, is that I think it was uh, Captain America solved the problem that they started only one movie before, but uh, a very fun fact for you, Iron Man is the only main stain, stain? Main stain? Iron Man is the only main character, like, like, like feature film, uh, hero in the entire MCU that does not have his own theme. Classic. They didn't make one in the first movie because they weren't really sure what was going to happen. Okay. But wait, Tony Stark's theme is ACDC. Any ACDC. Not theme song. No, no, I know. To be to be clear, like we're oh, talking I know. like I know we're, we're talking about non in fiction music. I know, yeah, and I know what you're but saying. I get I, it I because I that love Tony Stark is like <laughs> I get it. I love that he loves Led Zeppelin, but you know, uh-huh. Led Zeppelin. I love Led Zeppelin. Yeah, love Led Zeppelin. Um, these are hey, jokes from all music, over the place. Yeah, let's get to no, no, no. I'm not gonna. What one of the things I hate is when there's a long tangent and then I I segue from the tangent into the next thing and I'm like. Sure. Okay. So then, what? So, where do we actually want a tangent? Not tangent. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, <laughs> where do we actually want to? So come in from where you said. Um, I think it'd be funny if uh, 
I said that's all I have for Marvel. You said that me too. So Star Wars, we laugh, and then I'll okay, go into this. Perfect. <laughs> but seriously, we're going to take you to another long time ago in a galaxy much closer with the music of 1931. Um, and today we're going to be talking about a musician named Ted Lewis. Rebo Max. Oh, nope. Okay. Re- right. Exactly. Um, <laughs> so we are talking about uh, the musician Ted Lewis and the song Just a Gigolo, um, which is a standard. Uh, we'll get to it. So Ted Lewis was an American entertainer, band leader, singer, and musician. He fronted a band and touring stage show that presented a combination of jazz, comedy, and nostalgia that was a hit with the American public before and after World War II. He was known by the moniker Mr. Entertainment, or Ted, is everybody happy? Lewis. So yeah, his nick- one of his nicknames was a full question. <laughs> so Lewis and his uh, band appeared in okay. a few early talkie, that is hyphenated so early talkie movie musicals in 1929 notably the warner brothers review the show of shows the first of several films titled with lewis's catchphrase is everybody happy also premiered in 1929 while 1935 saw lewis and his band performing several numbers in the film here comes the band they were real literal with their movies that they agreed to be in um (laughs) and now another movie with the band that we're in Um, in 1941, the band was recruited at the last minute, along with the Andrews sisters, to furnish musical numbers for the Abbott and Costello comedy, Hold That Ghost. Musical numbers cut from the feature were released by Universal separately on September 3rd, 1941, in a short subject entitled... Colin? Yeah? What do you think the short feature... The short, the short subject film was called that Ted Lewis was in? Uh, here comes Ted Lewis. Nope. Uh, Ted, Ted Lewis and the band. Ted, how is how everybody is everyone? Happy? Has every, no, that was it. Yeah, I was yeah. gonna say, how's everyone doing? And I was like, that's not it. <laughs> that was his original one, and they were like, we can we can surely do better. Um, how right. much? They said they said Ted, how's everybody doing, Lewis? And Ted was like, I like that. I like that. Is everybody happy with that? And they're like, hold on, hang wait on, wait, stop, <laughs> stop the presses, Billy, come back here. Um, <laughs> hey, remember that thing that you were looking for for this script? Well, listen to this. Say it again. <laughs> it's me, your cousin, Sherry Lewis. And Lamb Chup comes on the phone. Oh, boy. Um, <laughs> wow, what a deep cut, James. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I didn't bring up Charlie Horse at all. All right, so 1943, Columbia Pictures mounted a feature-length biographical film of Lewis, yet again entitled, Is Everybody Happy? With actor Michael Duane portraying the band leader and lip-syncing to Lewis's recordings. So, the song Just a Gigolo. It's a popular song adapted by Irving Caesar into English in 1929 from the Austrian tango Schönen Gigolo Armor Gigolo, composed in 1928 in Vienna by Leonello Casucci to lyrics written in 1924 by Julius Brammer. Okay. Is this song about a male escort? Let's learn. Let's let's find out. The original version is a poetic vision of the social collapse experienced in Austria after World War I, represented by the figure of a former hussar who remembers, I think that's a soldier, who remembers himself parading in his uniform while now he has to get by as a lonely hired dancer. Private Dancer is a really funny name for that story. Um, (laughs) The music features a simple melodic sequence, but nonetheless has a clever harmonic construction that highlights the mixed emotions in the lyrics, adding a nostalgic, bittersweet effect. 
The success of the song promoted publishers Chappelle and Company to buy the rights and order an English version from Irving Caesar, a very popular lyricist of the time. Caesar eliminated the specific Austrian references and in in the often it omitted verse, mm-hmm. but included in the 1931 recording by Bing Crosby. Interesting. Because Bing Crosby literally did all the songs. He's like, is that a popular song? I'm recording it. James, I was talking to someone about Bing Crosby because they had a question about him the other day. And I discovered that the man recorded over 1,600 songs. Yeah. That's fucking crazy to me. Yeah. Absolutely. Like, I couldn't, I mean, I probably actually could if I really took the time. But in my head, I was like, I don't think I could name 1,600 songs. <laughs> dump weed. Dump weed live. Dump weed bootleg. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, there's an often omitted verse, but included in 1931 version by Bing Crosby, set the action in a Paris cafe where a local character tells his sad story. Thus, the lyrics retained their sentimental side, but lost their historic value. Classic America. Popular versions in 1931 were by Ted Lewis, Ben Burney, Bing Crosby, and Leo Reisman. And now we've reached the part of the subsection of music 1931. Hey, but what cartoon was it in? Just a Gigolo appeared in a 1931 film, a 1932 Betty Boop cartoon, and a 1993 TV series, all titled after the song. The song was recorded by many musicians of the time, including Louis Armstrong and, in German, Richard Tauber. The film Schirner Gigolo, Armor Gigolo, directed by David Hemmings in 1979, was titled after the first verse of the original lyrics, but the Just a Gigolo title was used for U.S. distribution. In this film, the song was performed by Marlena Dietrich in her last film appearance. So, these are the versions in 1931. Uh, There was a French musician named Damia, D-A-M-I-A. One name, like Cher, but like, uh, you know, 30 years before. Uh, she released a song called C'est Mon Gigolo, um, which was adapted from uh, Kasuchi by A. Mopri and J. Lenoir. Louis Armstrong, Ted Lewis, Ben Burney, Bing Crosby, and Leo Reisman, as I said, all in 1931. And that wow. is the music of 1931, Just a Gigolo by Ted Lewis. Perfect. Well, here's just the social media. Um, nice. As well as all the just the tangents. So if you want to find the podcast, you can find the podcast at Timeline Scav. If you want to find the podcast network that we're a part of at Scavengers Net, which is Scavengers Network. If you want to find me, you can find me at Colin M. Parker. That is C-O-L-I-N-M-P-A-R-K-E-R. At the time of this recording, uh, I am just shy of 700 followers. So if we could get me to that next big, you know, uh, What's the word for it? Milestone? That'd Milestone, be sure. cool. So check me out yeah. there. Um, now, James, I don't know where you're sitting at because I don't pay attention to your stats. Um, maybe I start should. Uh, I'm just shy of 600. Oh. I'm at 592. Also, I'm just shy. Oh, same for real. Hey, I feel that one. So, James, if uh, people want to see you just shy of 600 and help you fix that, where can they go to uh, follow you? Uh, you can go to Unabashed James. Perfect. And if you want to help out Not Shy, and in fact, just won an award and got his song picked for a uh, series that's playing over in the UK, you can follow Nick Bramald, who wrote our music uh, that you hear at the beginning and the end of the show, at N Bramald, N B R A M A L D, or Nick Bramald Composer.co.uk. And hey, congrats, Nick. Yeah, congrats, Nick. Um, I would like to recommend a show. 
Uh, I'm going to just, I'm literally going to just like swing my hand around and then point and then whatever I'm touching uh, is, uh, hey, there's a podcast that we really enjoy here. James and I both really like these creators. Uh, they're friends of the show. They're friends of the network. They're friends in general. Uh, and that is Finish It. Um, it's two brothers, Matt and Chris Yule, going through every uh, choose, nope, every uh Interactive, interactive fiction. fiction. There we go. Thank you. Going through every interaction. No, my God. <laughs> Going through every interactive fiction book that you could possibly imagine. Every story, every page, every ending. Everybody go download Finish It today. So check them out. You can find them on Twitter at Finish It Pod uh, and uh, check them out today. And uh, with that, James. That's going to do it for us on this episode. So thank you so much for joining us. And we're going to catch you all on the next episode. As always, I am Colin Parker. I'm James Anderson. Excelsior! Are you a fan of Boy Meets World? Do you enjoy rewatch podcasts? Well, then you should check out The Lost Years, a retrospective fan cast hosted by me, Tay. And me, Sid. It's my favorite show of all time. And I've never seen it. Each week, we're recapping a new episode of Boy Meets World, sharing bits of nostalgia and learning a wholesome lesson. Join us on our rewatch journey, won't you? School's in session every Tuesday, wherever you find your podcasts. What else do you need to know? The Scavengers Network. Creator-driven. Community-focused. Treasured content.